0: Two kids are missing and their mother, Lori, and new stepfather, Chad, are offering no help to police. In fact, they've picked up and quickly left town and aren't saying a word about where these children might be. And even more chaos has ensued. At this point, Lori's estranged husband, Charles, has been shot to death by her brother, Alex, while Chad's former wife, Tammy, mysteriously passed away in her sleep if you think that two tragic deaths and two children vanishing into thin air are as bad as it gets well think again on this episode we'll dive into another puzzling death next on the list to wind up dead is Lori's devoted and allegedly dangerous brother alex We'll also uncover where she and her new controversial husband have been hiding out in the midst of this circus, and it will blow your mind. That's all coming up on this episode of A Mother's Secret, the Lori Vallow story, Mystery and Murder, analysis by Dr. Phil. My Bessie Stormburst low top and weekend sneakers empower my summer adventures. Now, I went to New York last week because I had to do a press tour, and I was prepared to embrace the summer season to its fullest, no matter what it threw my way weather-wise. And I'd been going from interview to interview, like seriously, 15, 20 during the day. And then I went to a dinner with clients. I knew that in the middle of that dinner... I had to do one more really key interview. And in order to do it, I had to leave the middle of that dinner and that noisy restaurant for about 10 or 15 minutes. And sure enough, I got to the door to step outside where it was quiet, and it was raining cats and dogs. But I had on my Vessie Stormburst. So I was able to go through all of that water on the sidewalk, across the street, to get into my car so I could do the interview in the quiet. You want to stay prepared. Join us now and let us make this summer one for the books. Seize the sun-kissed days and thrilling escapades at vessi.com mystery for shoes that masterfully combine waterproof protection with urban elegance. Start your journey with Vessi and get an automatic 15% off your first order at checkout. Now, Lori and Chad have taken center stage in this story, and how could they not? They're an apocalyptic Romeo and Juliet who were telling just about anyone who would listen that the end of the world was near. And everything they touched allegedly seems to die or disappear. But we need to talk more about this Alex character, the brother. Remember, he had gotten into an altercation with Laurie's husband at the time, Charles Vallow, when their fight turned physical and Alex shot Charles, claiming self-defense. From the jump, his story did not add up to police, and it sure did not add up to me. And they weren't just about to let these two siblings off the hook for Charles' murder just yet. They had their suspicions. We know Charles had feared for his life prior to his death and had made no secret of that, telling friends and family that Lori had told him she would kill him if he got in her way. Now another piece of evidence emerged that seemed to signal that Lori had something up her sleeve prior to her husband's shooting. There were emails that Charles discovered that just plain did not make sense it seemed like Lori had created an email alias for him, then posed as him in order to send an email to Chad Daybell. Posing as her husband, Lori wrote an email to Chad inviting him to come to their home to write a book. Part of this faux email read, and I quote, I would gladly fly you down here early next week. You could stay in our guest room like before. I hate to take you away from your family, but I would definitely make it worth your time. With admiration, Signed, Charles. According to Charles, when he confronted Lori, she refused to explain why she had sent an email to this man pretending to be Charles. Lori refusing to explain bizarre behavior? Well, (laughs) that certainly rings a bell. Charles also said that he planned on confronting Chad's wife, Tammy, as he suspected that Lori and Chad were having an affair. It's unclear, but it does not appear that Charles ever got the chance to do any confronting. This raises many questions for investigators. Was Lori actually planning to harm Charles before he was shot? Was she having an affair with Chad? And if so, was her brother Alex a co-conspirator in her latest scheme? And was this, quote, shooting in self-defense? Actually not self-defense at all, but in fact, a premeditated murder? This wouldn't be the first time Alex had done Lori's bidding. According to those who knew them well, he was her watchdog. If he perceived that someone was wronging Lori, well, he just took it personally. He took it as his job to intervene. There had been talk of Alec's intimidating behavior for years. It was known that he had had a beef with Lori's third husband, Tylee's biological father, Joe. Back in 2007, Alex served 90 days in jail for attacking Joe with a taser and threatening to kill him. Now, that's husband number three. And remember that he now has killed husband number four. Like I said, you almost need a dance card for all the players, even for all the dead players. When it came to third husband, Joe, Alex just seemed filled with hatred towards him. Even while behind bars, he seemed fixated on loathing Joe, making threatening statements about him to friends in his jail letters, in what he asked for Joe's address and license plate number. He wrote, I think it will be popular here. In another, Alex wrote, PS, can you get a picture from Lori of one of her ex-husbands and send it to me? Some of the guys would like to hang out with him. So this is a guy who has demonstrated that he has no problem with physical violence and threats. And obviously it is not just a matter of impulse. He was in jail for 90 days and during that time was choreographing, getting pictures, addresses, license numbers, making threats, veiled and otherwise. This wasn't spur-of-the-moment flares of anger. Definitely makes you wonder if Lori could have used all of that to her advantage when she wanted to be rid of her husband Charles. Later, Joe would pass away from a heart attack. And Lori continued to cycle through husbands. Through it all, she always maintained a close relationship with her brother. But things weren't always sunshine and roses between them either. Just because they had each other's backs didn't mean they didn't have drama of their own. Now, I can't diagnose either one of these folks because I haven't met either one of them. I can't meet Alex because he's conveniently or coincidentally dead. I can't meet Lori because she refuses to talk despite my repeated efforts to talk to her. So diagnosing them would be impossible. But I can certainly tell you that were I to speculate, I would have to consider antisocial personality and borderline personality for both of them. Now, why would I say that? Well, antisocial personality is marked by a pervasive pattern of disregard for and violation of the rights of others. There's a failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors, as indicated by repeatedly performing acts that are grounds for arrest. There's deceitfulness, impulsivity, or failure to plan ahead, irritability and aggressiveness, reckless disregard for the safety of others, consistent irresponsibility, lack of remorse. And when you look at borderline personality, there are frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships, Impulsivity in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging, like spending, sex, substance abuse. There's affective instability due to marked reactivity of mood. Intense anger, difficulty controlling that anger. So if you have two people that share these common characteristics, Even though they might at times have their interests aligned, one would predict they would come into conflict with each other as well. Once about a year ago, neighbors heard Lori and Alex having an explosive fight. It was so intense that the police were almost called. It was so passionate that those who overheard thought it must have been a fight between lovers. At one point, Lori screamed at Alex that he had disgraced the family. Sounds like she could be hard on him. Was blood really thicker than water in this case? We've seen her have the ability to turn her back on family. Did he do something that she perceived as a betrayal? Prior to his death, however, it seemed that brother and sister were thick as thieves. It seemed that Alex had followed in Lori's footsteps and joined her group of doomsday preppers, and he had also started a relationship with a mysterious woman who goes by the name Zulima. In fact, they had had a whirlwind romance of their own. Ten days before his death, he married her in a quickie Vegas ceremony. Lori was said to approve of this union. She adored Zulema and said she had mystical powers. She even said she could control the elements. Really? So things might have been smooth between these siblings, but we know Alex has exhibited violence in the past on behalf of Lori. We know that he was the one who fired those deadly shots into Charles' chest, whatever his explanation might be. But could he be responsible for even more mayhem? Well, when you talk to his extended family, they certainly thought so. Remember Lori's niece, She had also joined that doomsday group, and it had caused her marriage to her husband, Brandon, to just crumble. Well, divorce is one thing, but now Brandon was alleging that his wife and her aunt, Lori, might have tried to actually take his life. He was exiting his Tesla one day when all of a sudden he felt an object whiz by him, missing him narrowly. When he turned to look at his car, he saw a bullet had gone through his windshield. I don't know about you, but just think for a minute. How many people do you know who have had a bullet go through their windshield? Five? Three? Two? None? And this occurs... When you have multiple deaths in the immediate history, this is just a cluster of circumstances and events that it just seems impossible to ignore. At first, judging by the sound, Brandon thought it was a paintball gun. Well, that's interesting, because remember back when Chad's former wife, Tammy, was approached by a stranger, she thought the same thing, that it was a prankster with a paintball gun. Coincidence? Or was it the same hitman who had missed his targets twice? Well, here's where things get even more suspicious. Brandon recognized a nearby Jeep that sped away from the scene. It was Charles' car. Charles was dead. Who would be driving a dead man's car? Well, when you ask Brandon, he believes it was none other than Alex. Had he been sent out on assignment to terrorize or even try to kill these people who seemed to be standing in the way of his sister's doomsday group? While police were still trying to wrap their heads around this new possible puzzle piece, yet another bombshell dropped. What could it be this time? Well... Alex was dead. You heard me right. Alex, the one who tried to kill third husband Joe... Did kill husband number four, Charles. Was thought to have taken a shot at Brandon. Was now himself dead. So now Charles Vallow is dead. Tammy Daybell is dead. Alex is dead. And the police are no closer to finding the missing children, Tylee and J.J., I'm not a big believer in coincidence, I'm going to admit that in the beginning, but I also don't overreact to things happening in isolation. I look at clusters, and when you look at clusters of events happening, I'm just awfully hard to convince that they are not in some way linked. The day after Chad's former wife, Tammy Daybell, was exhumed, Alex was a dead man. We've got bodies everywhere. He was found unresponsive by his wife Zulima's son. Her son is the one who called nine one one. Nine one one. Where is your emergency? Hi, I need an ambulance. Why do you need an ambulance? Um, I have a, a older male, a middle aged male. Um. He is breathing. He's, uh, yes, he's be- breathing, but very, very uh, high. Highly breathing. Yo, Alex. Alex. He's not not breathing. Okay. Just try to get him on his back so we can do chest compressions. My my mother just got here. Can you put your mom on the phone? She's she's right here. You're on speaker. Okay, ma'am. The paramedics are pulling up, but in the meantime, we need him to get flat on his back, and we need to give him chest compressions, okay? While her son stayed on the phone with 911, you can hear Zalima in the background performing CPR as they waited for an ambulance to arrive. They were unable to revive him, and as of today, his death is still under investigation. So, a group of people believe the rapture is coming, and before long, people start winding up dead, or are nowhere to be found. So I guess in a sense, the rapture's coming for some people. Again, this wasn't your average group of doomsday preppers. They were extremists, and Chad Daybell was the perfect ringleader to peddle these ideals. This was a guy who knew the powers of persuasion. He knew how to work a room. He knew how to get attention with his writing as well over the years, he had written several extremely niche novels. They all somehow pertain to humanity's failings and the world's inevitable end. Not exactly uplifting messages, and the books were, well, they seemed to be self-published. Now, Armchair detectives and journalists alike were looking at these works more intensely now, wondering if there were clues hidden in these texts. Were they a blueprint for what was going on in his mind and sort of a plan for what he was going to execute? If you go by these books, it definitely points to him having a pessimistic view of the world. One of his most popular works is called The Great Gathering. It's a futuristic tale in which a man and his family live in a world that is growing increasingly wicked. Another one of his series called The Times of Turmoil describes a world coming to a catastrophic end with natural disasters and poverty. This is interesting to note. He writes that certain members of the LDS Church will be chosen to survive and will gather in holy refuge. Do these writings provide clues as to where Chad and Lori had gone? Did any of this potentially explain his master plan? As it turns out, not everyone in Chad's circle agrees with his views. In the wake of Tylie and JJ's disappearance, his own brother, Matt, came forward and publicly pleaded for his brother to cooperate with authorities. Here's some of what he had to say. Chad Daybell is my oldest brother. I have not seen nor directly spoken to Chad since Tammy's memorial here in Rexburg on October 23, 2019. Since that time, I have texted Chad twice. Once when I heard from a neighbor of his quick marriage to Lori Vallow expressing to him my shock and dismay at this news second, just recently pleading with Chad to cooperate with authorities and reveal the whereabouts of his new stepchildren. I have not been close to Chad since childhood. My immediate family has had little association with Chad the last many years due to our concerns with his religious claims and particular books he had chosen to publish, including his own. It is our hope and prayer that JJ and Tylee are safe. We want for the truth to be found, whatever that truth turns out to be. I plead again for Chad to come forward and cooperate with the investigation so that this very difficult situation might be resolved. Interesting that his brother makes it clear that he has distanced himself. They haven't been close since childhood because he does not agree with Chad's ideology. You know, so much has been made of Lori staying silent because, of course, she's the mother of these children. But by all accounts, Chad's the puppeteer. What is it about this guy that gets people transfixed? When you find... An individual leader that has a really strong following. A following that does not question their leader. They are almost always charismatic in some way. Now, Chad and Lori both started out with the Church of Latter-day Saints, but this prophecy enthusiast. Is a subset of beliefs that is not at all practiced by most members of the Mormon Church. It's one thing if Chad wants to talk about the end of the world and preparing, where potential harm comes into play is if he's influencing people and taking them away from their lives in order to preach his word. Because this now becomes in competition with the church. The Mormon church is very family-oriented, and to set up some kind of a group that demands allegiance is definitely contrary to the teaching of the church. Another current case in the media that speaks to this is the alleged sex cult Nexium, which was founded and run by a man named Keith Ranery. Now, I'm not saying that what Chad and Lori are involved in is a cult, but I'm saying what these two seem to have in common is a charismatic leader that expects allegiance. Now, Somehow, this nerdy-looking, bespeckled man allegedly enticed women into viewing him as a godlike figure and did his sexual bidding, devoting their lives and money to him. And in June, a jury convicted Keith on all counts, including sex trafficking. Now, as I said, we can't say for sure exactly what Chad has been doing with this group, Or encouraging its members to do, but according to those who knew Lori and her niece, until they met him, they had never behaved in the way she's currently behaving. They would never have predicted that she would have two children disappear and not speak about it. You look at these people like the Nexium leader Keith and other extreme cases like Jim Jones or even Charles Manson, these guys have two major traits. Charisma, and something called traumatic narcissism. Many, if not all, cult leaders are narcissistic. But this concept of traumatizing narcissists, as described by expert Daniel Shaw, explores how a narcissist wields his power over others and causes trauma. Now, key signs are a definite imbalance of power there seems to be an exaggerated need for control and authority. That's why there is a complete intolerance for being questioned. And this need to keep people close to you and away from others creates isolation. And as I have always said, isolation is the number one tool of the abuser. These types of leaders often set up a hierarchy with their underlings so that they can have more people espouse their beliefs and bring more people into the group. These are inner circle recruiters. There's also this practice of making extreme promises, promise of enlightenment. In this instant, Chad is reinforcing this idea that those in this alleged doomsday group are the chosen ones who have the honor of safely entering into the next world. The rest of us, we don't know. We just have to pray. We have to give our lives over to God. We have to hope that we live a worthy life. But no, no, no. Chad will promise you You just follow him. He's your ticket in. He's got the E-pass. You're going straight in. Just stick with him. So that explains how people could get drawn into such a group. But if Alex had joined and was on the same side as Lori and Chad, then why would he subtly and mysteriously pass away? Perhaps it was a natural death. And this is just the unluckiest, most dramatic family you've ever seen, perhaps. Another theory as the investigation into his death continues is that he allegedly just knew too much. He just had too much leverage on the wrong people. And therefore, there's a chance that his death was deliberate. An attempt to silence him, an attempt to cover that vulnerability. Meanwhile, we've got dead spouses and a brother on our hands, but still, no sign of Tylee or JJ. But there were even more chilling details emerging. It was discovered that back at the beginning of October, Lori had rented a 10 by 10 storage building in Rexburg. Video surveillance showed that she visited her storage unit repeatedly, often accompanied by a man who appears to be her brother Alex Cox. Plus, his silver pickup truck was captured on camera in the background as well. Now, these two dropped off a wide variety of items. Video shows the man, allegedly Alex, looking both ways as if to make sure the coast is clear and they load different objects inside the unit. Cameras saw him loading everything from gun cases to bikes. I spoke with Lori's son, Colby, about what he thought his mother's strange actions meant. When I look at the video from the storage building, that's some kind of a bag. Now, that's very heavy. what would be in that bag that's so heavy? He's a pretty big guy, I'm a pretty big guy, and if, if I'm carrying something that I've got to actually walk this way, Hi. that's 100 pounds or more. Kobe, do you know anything that you had seen in the house or home that would be in a bag that weighs over 100 pounds? The only thing I know my mom always had was a lot of um, food storage, so like water, Um, rice, beans, stuff like that that would be heavy, but, I mean, I don't know exactly what that is. But While considering her obsession with the end of the world, her having lots of food storage and other materials, well, it makes sense. But what's with the bicycles and guns? As it turned out, what was inside the storage unit was downright eerie. It was almost as if Lori had created a shrine for her children made up of their belongings. There were blankets showing photos of the children hung up as if in memory. Then many of their belongings were inside as well. There were those bikes caught on camera. The children's winter clothes were also in the unit as well as their other sports equipment and an album containing pictures of them. Why was it so important that she clear out her missing children's belongings? Was she looking for closure? Was it because she knew they wouldn't be needing them anymore? Had these children met a tragic end? Remember, Rexburg is a tiny town with a population of under 30,000 people and surrounded by dense forest. If, God forbid, they've been buried, there's no telling where they could be or if they would ever be found. With things reaching a fever pitch in the investigation, the public would find out where this couple had gone. Hawaii, of all places. So, while all of this mayhem is ensuing, these two bought tickets to Hawaii. To the stunning tropical island of Kauai. Police found out that on December 1st, Lori and Chad got on an American Airlines flight. The children were not with them. Lori and Chad Daybell surfaced in Hawaii, 3,000 miles from Idaho. All quiet on the island of Kauai when it comes to the Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell Cakes. Their curtains are shut, and neighbors say they've only seen them once, smiling and waving as they got into a car. Hawaii sounds like a pretty nice spot to go when you're trying to outrun the law. Also, Lori had previously lived there with Charles and the children, so she knew the area pretty well. It's been suggested this was not an overnight decision. It seemed that they had been planning on fleeing to Kauai for quite some time, but this begged the question. What exactly did these two think they were doing? With today's technology, it was only a matter of time before they were tracked down. A cell phone ping finally led police right to their door. It was finally time for them to start answering questions. They were getting lots of questions from the media, and more importantly, From the police. Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell refused to answer a reporter's questions moments after police in Hawaii executed a search warrant and seized their rented SUV. Can you tell me where your kids are? Where are your kids? No comment. They've been missing for four months. You have nothing to say? You're over here in Hawaii? Where are your children? Again, this just doesn't make a lick of sense. If you're innocent and your children are missing, you would make some kind of statement, a plea. To just keep walking as if the reporter's a nuisance, it's shocking to see two people display such arrogance, such indifference. They look like a couple of honeymooners heading to the beach to sunbathe, not grief-stricken parents. Seeing the video footage of Lori and Chad living their best aloha life in Hawaii, Lori's children are unaccounted for, is unimaginable. It's infuriating. There are total strangers who are more worried about her kids than she is. Now, time was of the essence, and Kauai and Idaho police needed to work together. On January 25th, Kauai police served Lori Daybell with a notice to produce Tylee and JJ to either the police department of Rexburg, Idaho, or to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. While exact details regarding this order were sealed under Idaho law, we do know she was given five days to comply. Lo and behold, the fifth day came and went. No sign of Tylee or J.J. Finally, on February 20th, Kauai police arrested Lori Daybell on a $5 million warrant. She was hit with a myriad of charges ranging from non support of dependent children, desertion, will for disobedience of court process or order, and resisting or obstructing officers. It was time to face the music. Lori spent six days behind bars in Hawaii. It's safe to say her tropical getaway with her new husband had come to an end. The public was getting outraged that this woman was walking around stonewalling people about the whereabouts of her children. What seemed to have sealed the deal and finally got her arrested is because when she flew from the mainland to Hawaii, it was known that she did not take her children with her. Because when she went through the airport, there is 100% video coverage. When she got on the airline, she would have had tickets for the children. You would have seen them on video. They would have been ticketed on the airline. They would have been cleared through TSA. So people knew she left the mainland and went to Hawaii without her children. That is tantamount to abandonment. You cannot just drop your children off somewhere and not be accountable for it. Can you leave your children with relatives? Yes, you can. But you need to be willing to demonstrate that it is a suitable place for them to be if questioned. She chose not to do so. By March 5th, she would be extradited back to Idaho to face a court date the next day. On our next and final episode... I will give you the inside information my team got from inside that courtroom. What would Lori reveal? What would she say? Also coming up, they say dead men tell no tales. But there are brand new allegations that tell us even more about what Alex Cox might have done to Chad's wife, Tammy. We know... He shot Charles. Could he have done something to Chad's wife, Tammy? That's all coming up next. You've been listening to A Mother's Secret The Lori Vallow Story Mystery and Murder Analysis by Dr. Phil. I'm Dr. Phil.